Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. And a good hearty afternoon to each and every one of you. And thank you for hanging out. It is Reese on the Radio from the Reese on the Radio Rundown. You can find me on the Odyssey app. Just look for the Reese on the Radio Rundown. That uh, show airs live on Sundays. Again, you can find it on the Odyssey app, or you can go to reesontheradio.com. I consider myself the self-proclaimed pop culture critic at large, where uh, where culture and politics meet. Uh, That's what my show is about. That's what I do, and I am here filling in for Bowerly today. We're going to be taking your phone calls today because there's any and thing and everything being covered today in pop culture, news, and events. So I want to hear from you. Of course, give us a holler at star 930. Call us at 803-0930 as well as 1-800-616-WBEN. On today's program, we're going to be covering everything from Tucker's interview that's going to air tonight on Tucker Carlson's website, uh, talking about talking to Russian President Vladimir Putin, and why are so many people afraid of this interview? Don't 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 immediately get uh, get bunched up. They are afraid. They are incredibly afraid of this interview. For what reason? I have no idea. People haven't even heard the interview yet, and they're immediately crapping on it. I want to see the interview. I want the information. But for some odd reason, post-COVID information is a bad thing. Just any information. I don't care about mis- or disinformation. I just want the information. I'll figure it out for myself whether or not it's mis- or disinformation. Leave that to me. I don't want a bunch of bureaucrats telling me what is or isn't the truth. Okay? So we all get to dissect. Now, look, I'm sorry. I'll be honest with you. There are plenty of people who I grow up with who swear Elvis is still alive. There are still people in the hip-hop community that swear Tupac and Biggie are still alive. Where's the information or disinformation government governance board on that little ditty? <laughs> Is anyone out there stopping those people from spreading that misinformation? No. People have been believing misinformation for the longest. We used to have a newspaper we used to pick up at the grocery store. Remember that? I think, what was it, Men in Black did a little bit on that where uh, uh, the, the character uh, J and K... I think it was Will Smith's character who asked, how do you get all this information on, you know, what is alien and what's not? And he picks up the little uh, tabloid rag from the, from the supermarket tabloid. Remember that? All that, you know, I, I had a baby with a space alien. That used, to be, <laughs> that used to be an everyday thing. Now, all of a sudden, we've got the government cramp, cracking down on mis- and disinformation. Worst parts... They turn out to be the biggest purveyors of, of mis and disinformation. 
So we'll talk about that today. I want to hear from you. What do you think everyone is so afraid of with this Tucker Carlson interview with Vladimir Putin? It will air tonight at 6 p.m. Of course, I'm going to be running parts of it on my program tonight because I want to hear what he has to say. I do. Very interested in what he has to say. Today, we'll talk about Willis and Wade, Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade. Now, I know you don't know this. I've been gone for a while. Last time I was here, probably a couple of months ago, sometime last year. But the events, you know, we we cover these things, sometimes in a vacuum, sometimes not. But Fannie Willis, for those of you who don't know, who haven't been watching this soap opera as I have, and it is my favorite soap opera, Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade, the prosecutors involved in the election interference case in Fulton County, Georgia, they're in a bit of a scandal, a bit of a quagmire. I haven't heard that word since 2004. They're in a bit of a scandal <laughs> that may have them kicked off the case. Uh, and every day we wake up to more and more corruption by this prosecutor. Seems to be par for the course down in Fulton County from prisoners dying to corrupt individuals in the law practice. We'll break we'll break it down. I'll tell you the things that you haven't heard, my theories. I, I don't want to so much as give my take, but I'm just I'd like to deal with the facts. What's going on now? We got Trump's Supreme Court case today. And there's something interesting I want to tie into this because this is I really want to get your take on this one. This this one is more about you than it is about what I think. And again, that telephone number, star 930-803-0930. Also, 1-800-616-WBEM. That's 9236. I want to hear from you. Ed, for some odd reason, cable news networks have been making a big fuss about Taylor Swift, <laughs> the Taylor Swift conspiracy, and how people on the right are up in arms about Taylor Swift, and after the Super Bowl, she'll give this endorsement of President Joe Biden, this conspiracy, making Republicans or conservatives look like a bunch of quacks. And I'm like, okay, it's okay to make them look like quacks, fine. But I've got to ask this question. If that's fair game, this has got to be fair game too, and it's much more recent. This was outside the Supreme Court today hearing the validity of removing Donald Trump from the ballot in any state. This was a protester outside, and many people outside believe this, but there's no uh, breaking of the Internet on this scandal, as it were. Listen closely. There's so many harms that he has done that... You know, we put them on the signs, but the truth is, it's like until the the courts really stop this, he's going to continue to wreak havoc in this country. And uh, one of our signs is beware of the future. I wish we didn't have to have that sign, but it is really true. Like if he is able to prevail and continue to run, and if he should win again, I I don't even know. I think, I think people in this country don't know how bad it can get. I mean, I literally believe we are watching fascism really take root in this country. And that's not hyperbole. No, that's a real thing. I mean, most people, I've studied a lot of what happened in Germany, and many of the scholars see 
that, you know, many of the people that tried to speak out against it started too late. And they were all killed. Let's be clear, they were all killed. So it's not crazy that there's a woman outside the Supreme Court, that the news media, this is the Associated Press filming this protester outside the Supreme Court, who is equating the former president of the United States, who's already done four years, to not just Adolf Hitler, because that's, again, it's already been done. That's fine. That conspiracy, that can ride. But this woman outside, the Associated Press, a legitimate news organization, isn't poo-pooing the idea that this woman thinks that if Donald Trump becomes president again, that people will be killed like Jews in Germany? There's more fever, more of a fever pitch on a pop singer and her endorsement or alleged endorsement of a presidential candidate, a current president of the United States, that we could be all up in arms, screaming and hollering, look at those quacks. But this woman saying that people are going to be executed in a genocidal way by a president of the United States, and not one person says, whoa, 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 hold on there, Missy. You may have gone a little overboard there. Not one. Every day we hear on the news, that sounds Hitler-like. It sounds Hitler-like. He is coming off a little bit like Hitler. (laughs) He was president. (laughs) Nothing came close to that at all. History, I mean, I understand that the kids today don't remember what happened a week ago. (laughs) But in the news media, you think they'd remember what happened three years ago. (laughs) So I laugh at all of that. Also, we've got to get into the border situation. I'll get into that, and I'll talk about the hypocrisy. And it goes without saying, I don't have to mention the hypocrisy. The hypocrisy is there. But I just really, really want to dive in. Another thing I want to talk about today is DEI. Uh, You might know it as (laughs) diversity, equity, and inclusion. I'd like to refer to it as (laughs) a dumb employment idea. That's what DEI stands for for me. A dumb employment idea. Plenty of people are trying it. I hear that they think it's successful and it's going to change the tides uh, for minorities in this country. But... If you know a company in Buffalo that's practicing in DEI and you're proud of it or if you've got problems with it, I want to hear from you too. If you don't, if you're not familiar with me, not that this matters, not that it counts, but you can go to resoundradio.com so you can take a good look at me. Again, I'm a black man. I've been black for at least 35, 45 minutes. And I've never in my life ever wanted a job based upon my skin color. It's the least interesting thing about me. But DEI is is run rampant, and in places like Buffalo, we know that there are plenty of people who think that that's going to change something here and everywhere. There has been no means testing to prove that it does. It only makes matters worse. And, and, I, and I'll give my theories on that, but I want to hear, again, from you. So there's plenty of stuff to get into. Tanner is, uh, is at the helm today, and Tanner, thank you very much. Uh, for for helping me out here now because I I need to know the clocks. How long do I have, real quick, before before the next break? Uh, you got about five minutes. Good. I'm so glad. 
Let me start with DEI, and I'll work my way back because this is important to me. And again, I want to hear from you. And I, if you're criti- if you criticize or wish to criticize what I think of DEI, because I'm going to get this out of the way. If you have a criticism of what I think of DEI, dumb employment ideas, um, you call it whatever you want. <laughs> call me up and let me know. But let me explain to you why this is a dumb idea. Imagine a job that you hired somebody for based upon their race, their uh, sexual orientation, or their gender. Imagine that. And then once that person gets in the job, they do a par job. In fact, in some cases, they, they do a subpar job. But, you know, they didn't come in based upon any particular skill set, right? Merit played no real role. Here, you've met your quota. You know, IBM, you've met your quota. For every five people you're hiring, you hire a Hispanic. For every three people you hire, you hire an African-American. For every nine people you hire, you hire somewhere from the LGBTQ community. You know, you make sure you get that person and you get them there. And everybody knows, right? Your company is standing on on those laurels. You know, they're promoting it. They're doing commercials. And people get in there, and then finally someone gets in there, and guess what? They are hemorrhaging money. The productivity in the office has plummeted. Plummeted. And you can't fire them. You can't. You try to, but you can't. Case in point, where am I, where, where am I basing this off of? Claudine Gay, Harvard University. Anyone remember? It was just a little while ago. The woman resigned, plagiarized 50 times. Plagiarism, 50 times. Wasn't published anywhere. Had no credentials to be the president of Harvard University. She resigns after she is embarrassed as the president. First woman of color president of Harvard. She has to resign in disgust. What was the response? It was racism. Not that she was horrible at her job. Not that she was a horrible, uh, 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 I'm just saying, president in general, but she was horrible. It's a horrible candidate. She actively removed other black professors at the college that didn't agree with her. She was no stalwart of black excellence. She attacked it when it didn't agree with her. And immediately when she's fired, it's racism. What do you think is going to happen when you hire based on race? Your firing is based on it too. What do you think when it's hired based on sexual orientation? It's fired based on that too. That's always the result. It has to be the result. Doesn't it? This is why DEI stands for Dumb Employment Idea. You want your productivity to fail? Go for it. You want to be tethered to a horrible candidate? Go on. Let's see how well it works. But it isn't based upon how how well they perform and everything to do with something that doesn't even apply to the job. Let's see how well it does. Let's see if anyone has anything to brag about afterwards. Baltimore said that they needed more black teachers because children learn better, black children learn better with black teachers. 
That whole city can't read above a sixth grade reading level. And every school in Baltimore has failed the proficiency test in reading and math with more black teachers. And what does that mean? It's a dumb employment idea. To the phones we go. 803-0930. Let's go to Bob. Bob's in Buffalo. Hello, Bob. You're on with Reese on the radio on the Bowerly Show. Hi. Um, I don't want to take up too much of your time. No, no. I, sir, take I, up as I'm much as you want. tell anybody how bad everything is. I mean, if I know it, everybody knows it. Um, when you go to the voting booth this November, bring your brains. And, you know, I'm going to tell you something else before before you cut me off. Let me just say one more thing. You said thing, bring okay? your brains? Is that right? what you said? At some point, you're going to have to become your own leader regardless of the law. Okay? I mean, if it's not the Ten Commandments or the teachings of Jesus, it's up for grabs, brother. Oh, yeah, you absolutely. Be your own leader. Absolutely. Okay. I, look, I, I don't understand why many communities keep talking about their leaders doing stuff for them. We live in a very isolated society. I don't think that anyone has my best interests other than me. I mean, again, I'm that's not me being anti-government. I'm, I'm, I'm an admitted outlaw. So is the <laughs> guy who sits on the sidewalk. So is the guy who, who uh, comes to a rolling stop. So is the guy who blows a red light. I'm just as much an outlaw as you. But I'm right. also you know, cognizant of the fact of how bad everything is. And I changed my uh, political party affiliation from Democrat to conservative. I just did that re very recently. If you would have told me that back in the 1980s, I would have laughed in your face. But with that Reagan anti-drug farce and the liberals, I went to them for help, and they did nothing. Bob, and now let they're me causing all these problems. Bob, let me okay, ask you see, something. I've already taken up too much of your No, 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 Bob, you haven't. Listen, give me, listen, let the host host. I want to ask you a question. You said you, you, you said that you know back in the eighties you would have never thought that you would have become a conservative. By the way, great choice of words, conservative. That's what I consider myself. Um, what was what what was the what was the, the the sort of straw that broke the camel's back, or was there an event of sorts, or were there a, a myriad of things? Well, you know, like I mean, before we had Android phones and everything like that, you know, radio and television has limitations. Right but now, with the world popping up in front of you and everything is going just absolutely haywire like this, okay? <laughs> do you want do you want a decent life or do you want all hell to break loose all over the place? Because I got some funny premonitions, and I, they're they're so bad, I'm not even going to say them on the radio. Okay, <laughs> uh, it's uh, it isn't looking good. Okay, when you go to the voting booth, bring your brains. Yeah, I like that. I like that. That's true. Don't bring your passions. Don't bring your don't don't bring your exuberance. Bring your brains. And and, and you know, unfortunately, we don't really have an electorate. Uh, at, at least, let's just say half. We don't have a, an electorate that really votes based upon their principles. A lot of them are playing par party politics and sometimes playing revenge. I mean, that's people like us. Okay, we're outlaws. But what you got running this country right now are criminals. Okay. Pedophiles yeah. and a whole bunch of other things that I mean, if if, if I if I mentioned it, you'd have to you'd have to cut me off for season swear I, words. You know what? I've got to cut you off anyway, but I appreciate you sticking around, Bob. Thank you so much. We're taking more of your phone calls. Eight zero three zero nine thirty star nine thirty eight hundred six one six W B E N. Call us up. It's Reese on the radio, filling in for Bowley from now till six p.m. We'll take your calls in a minute. It's uh, it, it it's just a whole bunch of other stuff. It's News Radio nine thirty W B E N.
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast why why if you have t-mobile 5g home internet you might be hearing this why a lot why every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours why why because your network gives priority to cell phone users why Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Abba? No, it it's Boney like it. M. Rasputin. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> What's up? It's Reese on the radio filling in for Bowerly today on News Radio 930 WBEN. Folks, look, I'm, I'm going to say something that I've always known about Buffalo since the days of living in Harlem on Harlem Road um, uh, in Sloan from my days. Of, I'll, I'll tell you one thing that I know, and, I, and, and trust me, I worked and lived in Sloan. Knowing the area very well, there's one thing that I understand, is fear. Fear of conversation, of talking. I remember the first time I had a conversation with somebody about the LGBTQ community in, in Buffalo, 1998. I'll never forget it. First time, I, and I just moved there from New York City. Right? I, lived in, I lived in the Bronx before I moved to, to, to Buffalo. And I get there, and I have a conversation with somebody at um, – I was working for a temp agency. It's long before my radio days. And we're sitting at the table, and the guy at the table was trying to tell me about his experience when a friend took him to a gay bar. And 
in the conversation he was having, he was hesitant about saying the word gay. He wouldn't say gay bar. He was like, yeah, it was a bar. Um, it wasn't a traditional bar. And I'm like, what's, it, what's an untraditional bar? I'm just sitting there and I'm just going, and he's trying to, so as he's describing it, I go, was it a bar of alternative lifestyles, I said. <laughs> and he was like, yes, yes, eloquently put. That's exactly what it was. So after he says that, he felt so relieved that I called it that. It was a bar of alternative lifestyles. I looked at him and I said, you mean a gay bar? He was like, shh, 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 don't say that. I never knew that that's how bad it was. That was in 1998. I never knew that's how bad it was. So folks, look, don't get me wrong. Don't be shy. And thank you, Bob, for calling. Don't be shy. As soon as they control the conversation, it's over. Do you understand that? It's a wrap. It's over. We should be able to talk about anything and everything as long as it's not demeaning to people. And I think everybody can be respectful and disagree at the same time. So don't be shy. That telephone number is there for a reason. 803-0930, star 930, 800-616-WBEN. And that's 9236. For those of you who live on Back Lake, long story. I'll get into it another time. Um, one of the things that are, that are near and dear to me, and I think it affects everyone, especially in New York State, uh, is the immigration crisis. And people are very shy about talking about that either because they always have to preface it by saying, well, we care about these people. Like, okay. <laughs> But what's bad is bad. I don't have to preface anything that we care about. It's like you have to be concerned about that. I'm not trying to score empathy points. What's bad is bad. You attack and you address what's bad. Not that these are bad people. We have to consider what's happening and whether or not it's done in the best interest of the people who are here. You matter. Whether you like it or not, you do. You can fall down on your sword. You can make you, you, what, make every proclamation in the world about how you're better than us, you know, and how you care more. If you want to house them in your apartment or in your home, you're completely free to do that. I, I used to say that to Warren Buffett all the time. You know, hey, Warren, I think that if you, if you believe that you should be taxed more, please send the government a check. What's the holdup? You can't write the government a check, buddy? Write it. Bill Gates, too. You don't think you're being taxed enough? Well, go to your bank book. Write up a check, whatever it is that you think that you haven't given. And send it over to the White House, to the Treasury Department in particular. Hi, Warren Buffett here. Thought you guys missed me. Here's a check for whatever gazillion dollars. <laughs> and just send it. After that, leave us alone. Seriously, leave us alone. But if you feel as though the immigration problem is something that you care so much about, open your doors. Leave the rest of us alone. And this has turned into a presidential debate, or at least a, 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 a what do you call it, an election debate, because everything does in an election year. 
Now, everyone said that told me it was going to be it was going to be abortion. Abortion is going to be the subject of 2024. Not so fast there, buddy. Not so fast. Thank you, Chicago. And thank you, New York City. I mean, I don't know how to put it. Thank you both. I have to apologize. Thank you, New York City. And thank you, Chicago. For changing the tides on that because of the illegal immigrant crisis in both those cities. And they did it brilliantly. Boy, did they do it, do it brilliantly. They went after the one group of people. They housed them where the one group of people that had been voting for the Democrat Party for over 60 years. They brought them into black communities and didn't think anyone would notice. You got to applaud them. I'm so proud of you, Democrats. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) And now the president of the United States gets on television and says what has to be the funniest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. In in my entire life. (laughs) After everything that we saw for three years. Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friend. Oh, really? Folks, October 6th, 2023. Again, these people don't remember last week. You think they're all teenagers. This was the news media in October of last year. What are we talking? Five months? Listen. Stark reversal. President Biden is allowing the construction. His administration is allowing construction of a new section of the border wall in southern Texas. President Biden had strongly criticized Trump's border policy. In 2020, he vowed to not build another foot of the wall if he were elected. But this administration has been struggling to deal with rising numbers of illegal border crossings, which they say makes this move necessary. And President Biden, he's been facing criticism from fellow Democrats in New York and Illinois to do more. Now, the Department of Homeland Security is paving the way for this by waiving dozens of laws and using funds that Congress already approved in 2019 specifically for border wall construction. But this- Whose fault was it again uh, there, Mr. President? Whose fault was this again? move already facing criticism from some Democrats and from environmentalists who say this will be ineffective and bulldoze through endangered habitats. Let's turn now to that dramatic reversal in the border battle overnight. So faced with a surge in illegal crossings, the Biden administration has announced it is waiving more than two dozen federal laws to add on to the border wall in southern Texas. This is a striking acknowledgement that changes are needed to stem the migrant influx at the southern border. The Department of Homeland Security waiving 26 federal laws such as the Clean Air Act and the Safe Water Drinking Act to allow border wall construction. This is a major reversal for President Biden, who during the 2020 campaign vowed that not another foot of wall would be constructed under his administration. What was that again? Well, I, I, I didn't hear you, Mr. President. I, for some odd reason, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I'm in any cognitive decline. Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friend. <laughs> that didn't age well, and it's only two days old. <laughs> Back to the phones we go. 
Oh, God. 800-616-WBEN. Let's go to Tom in Cheektawaga. Hello, Tom. You're on for Reset Radio on the Bowerly Show. Hey, thank you. Um, you know, stupid things that employers do, and I and I work with one that that seems like they're on a political correctness to some extent. Okay. Uh, over the last couple of years when um, – I don't know how to explain this – when I was up for promotion and all that, you know, qualified individual, you know, did everything I had to do. And it's like, well, yeah, you're qualified, but we have to go with somebody who isn't really that qualified below you, and we got to promote them. And okay. then three months later, it's like uh, they quit, or it's like, eh, I didn't want the position. And I'm sitting there, and it's like, What? Are you kidding me? You you went with a because he wanted to be diverse, right? And it's like, like, are you kidding? They had no qualifications of whatsoever. You just wanted to be look. You just wanted to look good to some extent. And I <laughs> Didn't just, it, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. The crazy part about that, Tom. Let me ask you this, and and I'm almost certain that this happened because what you're describing happened to me very early in my corporate life. Back in I, w- I want to say, say so far back in 1993, this actually happened to me. So I, I want to hear from you. I don't want to preface it by telling you what happened. I want to hear this from you. Were you reluctant to come in and fill in, or were they reluctant to give you the position after this person bailed? Like, did they ever give you the position and you were reluctant to take it because you kind of felt like they didn't respect you enough to give it to you in the first place? Or did you even take the position at all? Um, it, it became to the point when the person left, uh, they gave it to me out of the fact that, oh, we made a mistake. Really? To some extent. And, and I, I almost sat there and it's like, I, I almost wanted to give them my two cents, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> with a better with a better part of my mind, I figured I'll take it, but lessons learned and, and it's yes. really funny is everybody knew I got raked over the coals big time and it's like uh it, it was more or less the fact that lesson was learned. Let's not do this again. But the thing is, short term memory to some extent. Yeah. yeah. But it, at least it, they it, apologized to some you, you said they apologized to some degree. Like it may have been like yeah. full throated apology, but but it was kind of a hey, maybe we made a mistake here. Yeah, basically, it's like okay, you know, and I sat there, it's like fine, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll bite <laughs> you're my a better tongue. man than most, Tom. You're a yeah. be- listen to me, give yourself kudos, man. In fact, I'll do it for you, man. Let me give you kudos. You're a better man than most because you took the position, you didn't tell him to stick a little sun don't shine. You, 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 not only that, you probably did want the job, and sure, if you got it begrudgingly because they screwed up, no, no big deal. You got a family to support. You know, you do. You get in where you fit in, as they say in the hood. And, but I, you're a better man than me because I, you, you would, you would have been righteous in your indig- indignation had you, you know, kind of cussed them out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, again, I, I'll just sit here and it's just like, okay. I'll just, you know, I took mental notes and figured, well, the next time I'm up for another promotion, I'll just sit there and say, you know, I'll, you know, whoever's going to be doing the interviewing, I'll just sit there and say, hey, you know, whoever's good, whoever's ahead of me and behind me for promotion, you know, you guys raked me over once, you know, yeah, yeah. you really want to do that again. So, yeah, it's, exactly. It's, 
It's a good point. Oh. Yeah, that's something to bring up if that happens again. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate the call, sir. Let's Thank go to Kyle, let's go to Kyle in Amherst. Hello, Kyle. Kyle wants to uh, wants to chime in on the immigration uh, conversation. Im- Kyle, what's your take? Well, I, you had me rolling, man. Uh, I'm, I'm not familiar with you. Yes, I'm sir. always used to Tom and somebody else. Uh, but you had me rolling because you hit it on the head with the New York City and Chicago because I've been saying this for a while. I said, just your way, you'll see. Uh, and sure enough, now uh, you got at least the black Democrats up right. in roar because of what's going on. You know, hey, hey, they're taking over, man. I mean, in droves. I live, well, you know where we live in. I mean, thousands of millions of dollars is being spent out of school budget. Billions. They wound up being taken over. Kyle, here's this crazy part. Look, I said this on my Instagram post, and the response was was so overwhelming. Look, this never have I laughed so hard at the fact that the African-American community has woken up to the point where, you know what, there's a choice. And it couldn't have happened at a weirder moment. Now they realize that they have been completely slighted by a, slighted by a party that would pretty much treat them like they had no guts to leave that party. Like they were so used to African-Americans voting Democrat overwhelmingly or staying home and were under the impression that no African-American in their right mind would vote Republican, especially not with the evil orange Satan that is running for the Republican nomination, right? They were, they thought, they thought that they could throw the kitchen sink at the black community in Chicago. And now people in Chicago are saying, nah, I think we're going to go with Trump. And, and the Democrats are going, what? Yeah. Well, and honestly, that's what helped Trump get in the first time uh, uh, was the black vote, because a lot of people couldn't vote for Hillary Clinton uh, because what her husband did to the uh, black community as Indeed. well. You know? uh, so, you know, I mean, people are waking up. I mean, it comes down to... You know, I, 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 I've been, I guess, awake for a long time, but right. uh, and I'm happy to see it, you know, because it's like, we okay, enough is enough, all right? And that's it, you know? Yeah. Now, look, I, I'll tell people, let me, let me, let me say this, and I want to I make sure that I get this out, Kyle. It, in no way am I suggesting that now until the end of time that half, if not even a third of African-Americans are some, sort, some way miraculously going to become Republicans. You know? you know, politics are where you live in the time in which you live, right? But today, today they feel slighted by the Democrat Party. And it's not just their local elected uh, officials, it's also the Biden administration, right? That this, that, that this administration is clearly telling them that they care more about these migrants or these illegals than they do about them who live in the city, and they overwhelmingly supported him. So they feel slighted. So today, it's a very unique space that we're in. I don't expect any you know changes to happen in the future, but this time that we live in politics today, boy, are we at an interesting crossroads. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, but just one hindsight note, though, a lot of people don't realize African Americans were 66, uh, about 60 percent Republican before uh, the 60s. That's right. That's uh, correct. When, when the fruits were dangled, you know, uh, the fruits were dangled, and you know, we were always in a position where we went to the side that seemed to uh, care for our interests. You know, yeah. and then they ran them up. Isn't they it funny, Kyle? Isn't it funny, Kyle, that the New Deal? was the mitigating factor that switched African-Americans to the Democrat Party, and even the New Deal had racist provisions in it. 
Well, Isn't that insane? The Southern strategy didn't help either uh, with the uh, Nixon administration. But, uh, uh, yeah. Now that's a debate for later, Colin. But you know what? I'll be back, and you and I will have that. Thanks a lot. <laughs> My pleasure, you. Kyle. Have Thank you. Let's go to Ron and Cheek Tawaga. Ron's on the immigration issue as well, or at least the border wall. Hello, Ron. You're on my recent radio on the Bowerly Show. Yes, I would um, like a little information as to your opinion and maybe know why it hasn't been done, why such a stronger me- message hasn't been sent to the border, like actual to help the uh, Border Patrol by placing uh, military presence on the, on the southern border, why that hasn't been done. Okay, I do believe that the reasoning for that is is exactly what Greg Abbott is doing now in Eagle Pass, right? So there's a state park to which he's now dispatched the National Guard, and he's within his right to do so because that is a state park. It's not federal land, right? So he can do that. However, the border, even though it's in Texas and in Arizona and New Mexico and California, that border wall is, you know, in essence, it's in the control of the federal government. I think it's fair, I think it's honest and fair that if we were, if if Abbott wanted to, right, he could dispatch the National Guard all along the southern border to some degree, maybe a few miles back or whatever the case is, but there's very little you can do beyond that because the only thing that they would be stopping is gotaways. And how do you process them as a as border as a border control apparatus in sense, in a sense? How do you uh What's the process? Those individuals that you do catch, you would have to put them in regular prisons if you then caught them beyond that border area. So I think that it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy that Abbott would be biting off more than he could chew if he would use the local uh, National Guard in that capacity. Plus, he would be spending, spreading them very thin on that border. Other, so that, that's um, just my take. I, I don't know whether that's the case, but I hope it answers your question to some degree. Well, other countries, unfortunately, I don't know, or fortunately, have established like a no man's land between the neighboring countries. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are coming across illegally. You're already violating the existing laws. Maybe something stronger has to be done. I agree. I, you know, and again... The fact that we have this argument about a border bill that Republicans, this Lankford guy, was was supporting, the part that I found that was so, I want to say disingenuous by the individuals who wanted this, Lankford in particular, uh, who wanted this border pill, bill passed, uh, Chuck Schumer's a jerk anyway, but was this idea that instead of doing the one thing that everyone wants, especially as the aforementioned Chicago and New York want, is to stop illegals from crossing the border. How dare you come at us with a bill that says we'll take in 5,000 to 8,500 a day and think that that's going to mitigate the problem we already have. The problem we have is there are people crossing the border. You don't come with us. Come at us with a bill that says full stop. Nobody comes in. Not oh, we're only going to let a couple of people in, and we'll try to get them some amnesty, and we'll get them some lawyers too. We'll spend twenty billion dollars to do it. No. In order to pass a bill, as far as Republicans are concerned, the bill that comes across Republicans' desk should read, and I quote, "No more." That's it. Not not a, not some sort of, you know, half measure or kind of sort of closing the border. Do not change it from a funnel to Swiss cheese. 
It should be a wall. End of discussion. That's it. Do you agree? No, I agree a thousand percent. Because what they're not they're not um, answering the problem that they have here. Too many Indeed. have across as it is, and it's going to take years. It should be immediate deportation. Look what they did with the cops. Where did they find them? They yeah. gave them an, what, an appearance ticket, and they found them back in Arizona. Oh, yeah. Oh, that New York story. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Thank you so much, Ron. I appreciate the call, folks. We'll be back, please, with more of your phone calls. 800-616-WBEN, star 930. It's Reese on Radio filling in for Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends, come on. We talk about basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happens. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, folks, we are back. It's Reese on the radio on News Radio. News Radio. Try that, saying that three times fast. News Radio 930 WBEN, filling in for Bowerly today. Our telephone number, star 930-803-0930. Also, 1-800-616-WBEN. That is 9236. Uh, we'll get into uh, traffic in a little bit. Um, I saw this article today, and... It is. Um, it was an interesting article for several reasons, and I thought about this. In fact, I got to do it to a debate with my wife about this um, today. And apparently, Gallup has been doing this poll about happiness, or dissatisfied, or satisfied about your life. Here's here's the headline: Less than half of Americans very satisfied with their own lives, uh, and you can find it on the Gallup website if you if you're interested in checking it out but i want to go through a couple of numbers numbers suck on radio by the way if no one's told you i i, I will get into that but i want to read a couple of of the data that is in this and you'll find it interesting that the people who are happiest are some of the things that we have kind of gotten rid of in in society today it's almost not frowned upon but sort of joked about a little bit i'll i'll get into that uh into a second but i want to go to the phones uh let's go to pat pat's on a cell phone uh a critic of the border wall wow okay pat please tell me why 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 do you do you think the border wall doesn't work well first i didn't say i was a critic of it i said oh, i'm wondering sorry. if you know if you know how many people the wall that trump put up stopped apparently not enough right clearly so we can right clearly well we we never finished it but yeah I, i'll agree that you know i don't i don't know if we can 
it, it, that's a qu- serious metric. Don't get me wrong. I like the metric, but it's a metric. In essence, has there ever been a metric put on how much did the wall stop? But we do know this, that it was the lowest border crossing at the time when Biden took office, and it skyrocketed okay, so, thereafter. Is that okay, safe to so say? Let's stop. Well, no, it's not fair to say. It may be safe to say, but it's not fair to say. Well, tell me what. Tell me what would be fair, because that's subjective. Because, that's right. Because what happened is COVID, and uh, okay. we were able to shut down the border only with the the approval of the Supreme Court, who okay. said that in it, because of COVID, you could stop people from coming here. Okay. So that was an extraneous situation, one that Donald Trump couldn't take credit for, unless, of course. You're giving them credit for COVID. Okay. Now, we well, Pat, well, Pat let me – hold on. Let me push back on a little bit of the 25 miles – we could talk but, about the 25 miles of wall that Steve Bannon put up. Uh, and then <laughs> – No, no. I, listen, I, we could. Hold on. But I want to I want to stick, I want to stick the landing – Pat, I want to stick the landing on what you just said about COVID. Like okay. you throw – again, like you said, it's not fair and fa- fairness is subjective in this, in this debate because, again, anybody can throw out any, any debate. So I, I want to throw one at you if I may, right? Okay. So we had stay in Mexico, right? We had that, right? Remain in Mexico. We had, we had Title 42. Those were all mitigating factors as well. And then I have to ask the most obvious question, right? When border crossers have been spoken to by independent reporters, Fox News, CNN, it, when they are asked why are they here, overwhelmingly we hear those people on a, a, a slew of different media outlets regardless of their leaning. Those border crossers say, and I quote, because of Biden. And Donald Trump kept them out. So if I'm going to use anybody's metrics, I think it's fair to use the actual people committing the act. Yes or no? So, so if if you're going to use that metric, then let me use one on you. If yes, it's sir. Fair, if, if you're claiming that's fair, then why is it not fair to say that the very union that endorsed Donald Trump and the one he's paraded around as his support is saying that killing this immigration a bill would be horrible, that this is the best legislation they've seen in 40 years. Is that oh, fair? I, I, the I, that I think that's actually that's a fair point. And let me counter it. I'll counter it by saying this. Even a broken clock is wrong is right twice a day. Oh, so so <laughs> so under your. Uh, no, what I'm so, saying is, is because they just supported. Is, wait, wait, wait. I, the metric. Here's, here's what your metric is in fairness. You're saying that their qualifier for this organization is because they supported Trump. Like they couldn't make another bad decision thereafter because they supported Trump. So I must at least take their consideration. And I'm going, no. I'm saying you could be on my side in supporting Donald Trump as president of the United States and still come up with bad policy. Nikki Haley, if I remember correctly, uh, very gallantly served under the Trump administration, and now she's running around bashing him. Should we say that none of that counts now because she served on his administration? You wouldn't do it. So, so you're saying that Donald Trump can only use the Border Patrol Union when it's to his advantage. No, no, no. When you're saying that. Advantage. No, Pat, you're well, saying that. I'm saying well, that that's not a reason for me to say that these, this Border Patrol agency 
has has merit because they've supported Donald Trump. I don't care about their endorsement. Their endorsement means nothing to me. In fact, I don't even count it as a mitigating factor in the discussion. The the mitigating factor is, is there legislation that stops all border crossing or did this legislation stop some of it? Well, it's interesting to hear you define it as all border crossings and then say that you're conservative or even have conservative leanings, because that's exactly what's stopping us from uh, preventing these immigrants is because the Constitution doesn't differentiate between what you think or I think, but clearly says that if somebody comes here asking for asylum, it must be granted on a temporary basis until due process is completed. Would you agree with that? No. You don't agree that the Constitution provides that? No, I don't agree with the Constitution's. I don't agree with your breakdown of the Constitution saying that anyone who asks for asylum, because, again, my argument to that is asylum defined as what? That's why they say they have to go through due process. What due process? Okay, so let's go through due process at the border. Let's say you're fleeing asylum. What's your asylum claims? Well, and what do we know? What do, wait, wait, wait. What do we know about their asylum claims? There are none. We don't overwhelmingly. know. And there are ports no. of entry for asylum seekers, aren't there? Look, yeah, and, and you're preaching to the choir here. What? Okay, Pat. I know I am, Pat. I know, no, and I love the debate. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not angry. I don't want you to get the impression that, that I, I have opposition what, to you. It's a great what debate. I'm telling you is it's a specious argument because you can't have a constitution that allows for asylum. And then say, uh, we're not going to use the same due process, the same system afforded in uh, 200 years uh, before this. Uh, in well, Pat, this, you're conflating. So, Pat, hold on. You're, Pat, you're conflating. How am I conflating? I'll tell you how. Because you're saying okay. that seeking asylum at the southern border as if there is no remedy for asylum seekers. That's not true. There are ports of entry for people or individuals seeking asylum. They are not using them. They're using the poorest southern border and then claiming asylum. If they were true asylum seekers, they would do that at ports of entry. They refuse to do that because we know that what's that's the rub. They're not true asylum seekers. If they were, they'd use them. Or except to say that, and again, the Constitution doesn't, Oh, no, no, no. I'm not disputing the constitutionality what? of your claim. My point, the Pat, you still, you still again, you're negating. Hold on. Poor, poor, okay, but let's be let's be an, an honest broker in this conversation. Okay, I'm, I'm going to use. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to use your your uh, sort of distinction here, right? The Constitution says that asylum seekers should have due process. So in all honesty, do we have ports of entry for asylum seekers, yes or no? Yes, we do. Thank you. So is the southern border and the miles of it, is, are those ports of entry for asylum seekers, yes or no? Yes. They are? Yeah, you know why? Because Why? Tell me. Because you're asking people who in some cases are fleeing a a horrible situation to know exactly where these ports of entries are. They're hundreds of miles away, Pat, from the said threat. They made it into Mexico. Wait, when we also claim that they're illiterate and can't read and can't write 
and being brought here by smugglers. Presumption. So, right. So we can't. You can't have your cake and eat it too. No, I'm not. Actually, I'm not. Points Pat. of entry. You can't have legal points of entry, but we're going to let the people that have shaken you down and extorted you to bring you here. Uh, bring it to the legal courts of entry. Because Pat, now you, know, you sound, okay, first happen. of all, you sound, listen, you sound like an apologist for people, human not, beings who make their own decisions. If you choose to use a coyote or a cartel to get you into the country illegally, right, you're using the most violent group of people to get you illegal entry into the United States and then say that you're seeking asylum from violence in your own country. Can I tell you a quick story, Pat, while I have you here? I've got, I've got a stepdaughter. A step, my stepdaughter went to Norfolk State, a, a, a HBCU, just recently, last year. She, start, she started at the school. She gets to the school. She's not there a month, right? We, we got her there in August. We got her there in August. On September 2nd, my wife's birthday, she survives a mass shootout at a house party. She's a young African-American girl. And she's saved by a guy who dives on her to save her life. And this was a violent fact. She ends up leaving Norfolk State because she's in fear of her life. And she's so afraid of gun violence and being guns. Just recently, and I'm, t I'm telling you this is, this is very important to the story. She just called me this past Sunday to inform me that her roommate killed himself by accident because he was playing with a shotgun and shot himself in the face. Oh Hear me out. Yes, a horrible story. Do you know what she then told me afterwards? She said that the young man, by the way, he was a, 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 a part-time employee of mine for my private business. He had worked for me several times. In fact, we just moved his parents into a new home. She tells me that he had a bunch of guns in the house because he was somewhat affiliated with gangs. Do you want to know what I said to my stepdaughter? Lauren is her name. I said to Lauren, I said, Lauren, you just survived a shootout last year. What in God's name are you doing hanging out in a house with there are guns ablazing every day on a regular basis and then telling me that you can't go back to school? And then she immediately said, well, um, uh, and uh, she... so again, she had a responsibility to not be in that place. And she knew better having suffered from that kind of violence. So what I'm saying here is you can make every excuse in the world for these so-called, you know, uh, uh, asylum seekers who would say that they're fleeing violence and guard cartels, but only to find themselves in the hands of other violent cartels spending, to, uh, giving them thousands of dollars to then traffic them over the southern border. So at, at what point do these illegals have some accountability and we stop taking the nonsense? Well, desperate people do desperate things. And first, I hope Lauren really gets some help because so do I. Uh, gun, gun <laughs> violence is a, a serious thing. But let me ask you this. What if Lauren was in that house and taken hostage? Would you tell the policeman, uh, forget about her, she shouldn't have been in that situation? Of course not. But again. No, because we're a compassionate society that says we want to help. And there he is. I knew you'd show up, Pat. Of course we're I'm a conservative. people. More conservative no, no, I believe you. I believe that you're conservative, and I do believe that you're compassionate. Listen, we're all compassionate, but let's be honest. We don't put some compassion over others just for the sake that it's the issue at hand. I'm saying this. Well, no, no, no. Let's be. Listen, I believe that if you're going to be compassionate, be compassionate. But we must be practical. And the practicality of all of this is, is that we can't have 
a southern border run amok where people are crossing over it, claiming asylum when we know that they're not and suggesting we don't know their situation. Well, that's the reason why they shouldn't be allowed to just cross the border, because we don't know their situation. We don't know why they're here. We don't know what they're fleeing. And the ports of entry were designed to do just that to do the things that protect the, the people in the United States. We have a duty, we have, an, we have an obligation to ensure that those who are seeking asylum to come into this country do not put the people who are already here in harm's way, even those who have come in illegally before them. So let me ask you, you're hosting this show from another city, I suspect, yes? Yes, sir. What, and I, I would tell you where it was, but you'd laugh. No, tell me, please. Four hours from Eagle Pass. I don't even know what the heck that is. Texas. Have, 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 oh, Texas. The southern border. So, so there, there you go. So, <laughs> do you know, we have 3,500 miles of northern border. Yes. And do you know where the terrorists had attacked 9-11, where they came through? Our well northern, aware of it. They, oh, by the way. Don't, 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 don't get it twisted, as they say. I feel that way about the northern border as well. In, 20, in 2022, we saw an uptick of 850% of board, illegal border crossings on the northern border after this president took office. So it's not just whether or not they're Hispanic or Latino or Latinx, whatever they're being called this week. It's about all borders. And we're not a country if we don't have them. Fair? Uh, well, I would say that's an accurate statement, but I would say that. <laughs> okay, I, I okay. You, I would tell you without these immigrants that a conservative like uh, Chris Collins, uh, the disgraced Republican congressman, first to endorse Donald Trump, said that without undocumented workers, the dairy farmers of Wyoming County would be uh, without help. Or Rick Perry, your governor in Texas, former governor said during the 08 debate that without illegal immigration, the economy of Texas would fall off the earth. Uh, you know what? Now, were, and again, if wrong? that's the system that we live in, Pat, because I got to go. But the, And thank you for the, for the, for the dialogue. Okay. If that's the system thank we you. have to live in, then the system in and of itself has to be changed. I got to take a break. But thank you, Pat. I appreciate you sticking around. Let's take a break. We'll be back. More news, more views. It's Reese on the Radio filling in for Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. Okie doke on me right now, Tim. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Again, Reese on the radio, filling in for Bowerly. And um, I was talking about something before I took that great call by Pat. By the way, Pat, if you're still listening, thank you so much for that. Um, I love that. That kind of sparring, that stuff gets me. That gets me going. Um, my, uh, my friends say I love to argue. I I'll admit... <laughs> I've got a bit of an addiction, but not in a, not in a, in a bad way. Like I don't fight with my wife. Like I don't start an argument with her out of nowhere. Who's doing the dishes? Like I don't do that. I'm not that bad. Um, but I I love debate. That's that's kind of my thing. I not that I did it in school or anything, but I love having that back and forth. And and as long as you know people are being honest about where they are, and you know it's not vile and vicious to one another, it's a great opportunity to. Um, 
It's a great opportunity to get together with people. I think that, again, we don't have enough conversation. We need more of it. And Pat, you were a great um, adversary in, in that regard. And I mean that in a positive way. Uh, so before I took the call from Pat, American satisfactions with their personal life has gone down, has gone down. And I want to talk about that in a little bit, but we've got some breaking news that I'm going to get into as well uh, with the Biden investigation and the classified documents. We've got to get into that, um, which I found very interesting um, about that. I'm going to see if I can get some audio clips with regards to that um, to make sure that we understand and we're unpacking what we've learned today uh, in that investigation. Um, so uh, so we, we know what we're talking about. Uh, but again, I want to get into this American satisfaction with their personal life, because I think there's something that we could do about that. Uh, but to the phones we go. Let's go to Jim, who's in North Tonawanda. Hello, Jim. You're on with Reese on the radio on The Bowerly Show. Yeah, good talk to you. First time I've had a chance to call in and, and when you were uh, working the, 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 the phones. Um, listen, I want to talk about how... History is repeating itself. Mm. Now, before I give you this real quick, I just want to tell you something about my background. Yes, sir. When I was at St. Francis School in the city of Tonawanda, I spent sixth grade. We spent the entire school year learning about European history. Okay. In seventh grade, we spent the entire school year learning about American history. So by the time we graduated from seventh grade, we had completed one year of European history and one year of American history. Okay. Now, I want to take you back to the very end of the Roman Empire. Okay. At the very end of the Roman Empire, the Romans could no longer forget about the far-flung reaches of the Roman Empire, mm -hmm. North Africa and Carthage and all that. I'm talking about the Italian peninsula specifically. Yes, sir. When the Romans could no longer defend the Italian peninsula from the barbarian hordes, and by the way, the city of Venice was built out in the middle of a swamp because mm -hmm. the thinking of the Romans that moved out to the middle of a swamp was... Maybe if we build our city out here in the middle of a swamp, the, the barbarians will just leave us alone, and they did. They right. didn't want to go out and chase the Roman citizens out in the middle of a swamp and get bogged down, literally bogged down in the swamp and the mud and everything. Anyway, so Rome event, when Rome could no longer, and things got so desperate for the Romans that they pulled out of Britannia after they had been there for 400 years. Correct. And so they pulled what was their Roman troops out of Britannia back to try to defend the Italian peninsula. Well, they slowed the barbarians down. But in August of 410 AD, the Visigoths, which were Germanic, the Romans considered them to be barbarians. Sure. They, they were. <laughs> and they were. They were. They were. The, Ro the, the, the Roman definition of a barbarian was basically anybody that wasn't Roman, but that's another that's story for another day. But anyway, under the leadership of Prince Alaric, the Visigoths sacked the, the eternal city of Rome. And most European historians and what we learned at St. Francis School was that was the beginning of the Dark Ages and what became known as feudalism. And the Dark Ages were the Dark Ages, much worse than what you'd ever see in a Hollywood movie. Right. Um, but the point is, history repeats itself. And once Europe sunk into the Dark Ages beginning in August of 410 A.D., and it was in 1537, 1538, a German guy named Gutenberg invented the printing press. Therefore, they could start to mass-produce books and teach the unwashed masses, that's guys like you and me, how to read. <laughs> and that was the beginning of the Age of Enlightenment. 
or the Renaissance. But from 410 A.D. to 1537, 38, when uh, the, the, the Renaissance began, the, the world was, it was in a quagmire. Right. You know, President Reagan said, America is the shining city on the hill. If we right. go down, the people that will, re, will fill that power vacuum are going to be people like the Russians and the Chicoms right. who don't believe in God. They have no, they say God does not exist. Well, well right. you think God is going to bless that system? We were blessed because this country was founded by the descendants of Abraham, who were far from perfect, but they brought their Bibles with them. Jim, had, Jim, let me had, let me let me stop you for a second because you brought you brought in a lot of a, a lot of information, but I I have a feeling that because there's so much information, people might be lost on your um in what you what I would consider the connection to what you're saying, because and and you can so I want to correct want you to correct me if I'm wrong. You're talking about the fact that. Italy, in that sense, Romans were spread out so far in places they did not belong. They could not stop the barbarians at the door, the invasion, as it were, because they didn't have the apparatus to do so, because they were so much involved in stuff that they had no business in not containing their own society. Yes, and, that and was... then... Yes, yeah, I'm sorry. Co correct. But then when you add the fact, too, the social changes that went on, Right. the more successful the Romans became the more softer they became That's they right. got used to the good life in fact they had a slogan that really brought the visigoths down on them like a ton of bricks mm. the visigoths were the paid germanic mercenaries of the roman army because the young roman men got so soft and so feminized the idea of being leading the hard the hard spartan life of a roman soldier no longer appeared to the young <laughs> appeal right, to right. their young men Right. So they, their slogan was, and this is a, a direct quote, the Visigoths die in battle, so the, so the sons of Rome need not. Well, Ooh. eventually, they, you know, they got mad. But the thing is, we're headed that same way. Yeah. We, we, we don't want to protect our borders. Uh, Joe Biden, on, when he, on his first day in office, he signed, what, 90, 95 executive orders to That's open correct. up the border. He opened that border up. He deliberately opened that border up. But, Jim, you know why, for, right? And, you and, you and do the, understand that, again, and I don't believe that the lay person believes us when we say it. But the truth is, guys like Joe Biden, people of the Democrat Party, and I'll take the, the squad as a perfect example. Each of those people don't believe that America has the right to exist as the shining city on the hill. They believe that it is it has reached its position of power and dominance through ill-gotten gains. It believes its original sin will always be the reason why it must be uh, destroyed. And that's the reason why they don't care about opening up the gates or the floodgates for people to come in and to change the entire dynamic of this society. They have no reason to think that what who we are and what we represent is a positive thing. They see America as a pejorative. But here's what they don't understand. Now, this country is far from perfect. Slavery and what happened to the American Indians was was just a a, 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 br a brutal scar on our Indeed. scars on on the history of America. There's no denying that. However, right. no country in the history of the human race has tried to make 
worked as hard to make up for its past sins than the United States of America. You can't this, name one country, country on the planet. You, it's true. Yep. You can't name one country on the planet that has worked this hard, if not that hard, to have the 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 entire uh, uh, scope of this United States. I think every person, even people who are not from here, come to this country with the understanding that we need to make the world a better place for those who've had it the worst. Right? You, yes. And, no matter and where you come from, that's the the atmosphere that every we talk about a guy who could come in from Panama, a guy who could come in from Iran. They come into the United States with the same idea. We have got to leave this country better than we found it. And we have tried so hard and made so many sacrifices. This country, I'm not making this up. Um, you can real quick, real quick, because I got to yeah, real quick. Because there's other people at home. I'm going to make my final point. This country has built more churches, hospitals, um, uh, orphanages. Yeah, donated more money to charity. In the history of the human race, we are at the very top of charitable donations. We try in our hearts to do good things, but we are a great nation. We're not a perfect nation. We're a great people, but we're not a perfect people. And because yes, our forefathers, is. they did commit some sins yeah. that, that, you know, made us less than, but we're, but we're human. We're flesh and blood human beings, and human beings do make mistakes. We try, but the thing is, we try Jim, so I got, hard. Jim, I'm, I'm sorry to cut pain. you off, but you're making a great point, but I do have to go, but thank yeah, you so much. Free. Thank you for giving me this time. Thank you, and God bless you. God bless you, sir. Thank you, Jim, um, for your heartfelt words, because they are important. Let me get into this before we go into a break, because I do want to get into this. American satisfaction with their personal life. And apparently this Gallup poll has been going on since 1979 till today. So that's a long time. And this number it appears to be like all over the place. We're talking highs and lows, um, anywhere from like, I think according to this, the percentage of satisfied in 1979 was somewhere around 75%. Today it sits at about 78%. And in certain periods of our, I guess, in, in our country's history, uh, it has gone up and it has gone down. In fact, in some cases, it's been incredibly high. In 1988, that number was as high as 87%. Uh, another time was in 2003 when it was at 87%. The highest, believe it or not, the highest at 90% was in 2020. Can you believe that? 2020, it was at its highest percent where people were satisfied. But try this on for size. This is crazy. Life satisfaction highest among upper income, married, and religious adults. Again, highest among upper income, married, and religious adults. This is just from 2023 to 2024, these numbers. Annual household income, $100,000 or more, 63% are happy about their lives. That was in 2023. In 2024, that number has gone down to 58%, minus five. Between 40,000 and 99,000, that number is at 45%. In 2023, it's gone down to 43%. See the trend? Less than 40,000, 41% last year, 39 this year. Now, the numbers get better if we talk about marital status, 
which I'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> if you were married in 2023, your um, satisfaction index was, index was at 62 degrees. This year it's at 57. Not married was 41. This year, 38. Religious service attendance. If you went weekly last year, 57%. This year, 56. Eh, minus one, not bad. Uh, nearly weekly or monthly, 52%. 52% for both years. Seldom or never, 48% last year, 41 this year. That is a drop 7%. That's the interesting, for me, it's interesting for these reasons. And I've talked about talked to my wife about this. Um, I've always found it stunning that people don't glom more towards religion. At least a form of faith. You don't have to go to a Catholic church. You don't have to go to a, a, a mosque. You know, go to a non-denominational one. Just go there every day. If not for the, you know... The constant preaching about God. Because I think the people always say that their problem with God or religion is because they believe it's too judgy. You know? It's judgmental. It doesn't... doesn't. Non-denominal churches are all over the country. They're everywhere. Trust me, you can find one. And I do find it that those people are happier. They are. They're just... And they're very joyful. Because they have a higher power in their life. And they... And in having the higher power in their life, and again, I don't want to make this a religious thing. So before anybody starts screaming, "How this guy go religious on us?" No, okay, I'm not going to scream, you know, swaggered, swaggeredisms <laughs> on you at all. But hear me out. What do most religious groups, even and mostly non-denominational ones, what do they preach? Goodwill towards your fellow man. It's not just something that they preach during Christmas. Just goodwill towards your fellow man. God bless you. Peace be with you. Hope you guys have a great day. I hope you prosper. I hope whatever ails you, God finds a way to either heal you or, you know, make that a, less of a burden in your life. They're always wishing the best for you. No matter what your situation is, in fact, when you go to these churches, you find yourself taking advantage of things that you would normally neglect like the things you have, your wife, your significant other, your children, your dog, your neighbor. Once you start to appreciate the things you have, see, I think what I truly believe is that the people who are miserable, especially this number and what it says about like 35 and under, the ones who are the most miserable, they're too busy complaining about the stuff that they don't have. This is the reason why they're the activist class, because they're all so angry about everything. They're screaming and hollering about what they're not included in or, or, or what it is that isn't happening on their whim. Never paying attention to what they have in their possession, the things that matter most. And I think Jim captured that beautifully when he said that. That's the biggest problem is that we don't pay attention. Sure, we're not perfect. This country isn't perfect. But we should celebrate the fact that we are. Hell, we're better. We're better for who we are. It's like White Goodman in Dodgeball. We're better than you, and we know it. <laughs> okay, I've, I deserved a piece of laugh in the face for that one. That was horrible. <laughs>
We'll take a break. More news, more views when we return. It's News Radio 930 WBEN. I'm Reese on the radio filling in for Bowerly. We'll be back after the top of the hour news. Yeah. Let's get this popping, folks. Top of the hour after 4 p.m. On News Radio WBEN, it's Reese on the Radio filling in for Bowerly, folks. If you're just joining us, maybe you're on the road just getting out of work. Again, I am Reese on the Radio from the Reese on the Radio Rundown. You can find me weeknights by going to ReeseOnTheRadio.com. I've got a show on Sunday. You can find that on the um, on the Odyssey app. Uh, it's a pleasure to be part of the Odyssey family. Um, there was a discussion in the last show talking about a song called um, Who Let the Dogs Out? <laughs> I really have to address that. <laughs> Uh, it's a cruel joke that all of you can do, um, but you have to be very careful <laughs> with relation to that song. But I'll explain that later. Um, plenty of news and plenty of views to get into. As you all know, top of the hour, uh, discuss uh, Joe Biden and the classified documents investigation uh, has been released. There will be no charges against the sitting president, former vice president who had classified documents, not only did he have classified documents, shared classified documents with people who had no right to see them, uh, even though the President of the United States did not have any rights to have them outside of a skiff. He was not the President at the time. He had those documents while he was not a sitting Vice President, and even if he were, he didn't have the right to hold them or have them or to take them himself for whatever memoir someone was helping him write. And worse off than that, there's audio of him talking about it. I'll get into that in a second. I'll get into that in a second. But I'm the type of guy who believes that history should be our, be our guide. Always. Always. So I'm probably going to get a reaction out of some people for this audio. And I think it's only right that we relive it. Do you remember the last time when someone who wasn't president of the United States had got a hold of classified documents and had those classified documents and for some odd reason had miraculously deleted them, <laughs> claiming there were 33,000 emails about yoga and her daughter's wedding? I remember it like it was yesterday. I did not email any um, classified material to anyone. There is no classified material. 110 emails in 52 email chains have been determined by the owning agency to contain classified information at the time they were sent or received. I provided all my emails that could possibly be work-related. Several thousand work-related emails that were not among the group of 30,000 emails returned by Secretary Clinton. I thought using one device would be simpler. She also used numerous mobile devices to send and to read email. There were no security breaches. It is possible that hostile actors gained access to Secretary Clinton's personal email account. It was my practice to communicate with State Department and other government officials on their .gov accounts. The hostile actors gained access to the private commercial email accounts of people with whom Secretary Clinton was in regular contact from her personal account. Um, no doubt that we've done exactly what we should have done. They were extremely careless in their handling of very sensitive, highly classified information. I'm sorry. 
I apologize. That part always gets me. <laughs> now, I know some of you say, this isn't a laughing matter, Reese. I'm sorry. The ship has sailed on this one, okay? The ship has sailed on this one. We have to laugh at it now. What else we got? <laughs> I just love the way that they put this together. This, this, by the way, this was not my doing. This was not my doing. This was from the Washington Free Beacon. They put this this little snippet together, uh, and I'll always appreciate them for doing it. But they play this comical <laughs> music in the background to show you how laughable this is. James Comey and Hillary Clinton going back and forth. Her claiming, I didn't do anything. Him claiming, yes, you did. <laughs> but no criminal charges. There's more. People will be able to judge for themselves. We cannot find a case that would support bringing criminal charges on these facts. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Not at all. And so is the case with Joe Biden. Let's, can we read some of this? This is important to read some of this because this is the part that's. They, they talk about damning. Try this on for size. <clears throat> this is from the report. Mr. Biden's recorded conversations with Zwanzik, is it how do I pronounce that? Zwanitzer? Zwanitzer from 2017 are often painfully slow. This is from 2017. He's not, not the vice president. Biden's recorded conversations with Zwanziker were from 2017. They're painfully slow. Mr. Biden struggling to remember events and straining at times to read and relay his own notebook entries. In his interview with our office, Mr. Biden's memory was worse. He did not remember when he was vice president, forgetting on the first day of the interview what his term, when his term ended. If it was 2013, when did I stop being vice president, he asked. And forgetting on the second day the interview uh, when his term began in 2009. Am I still vice president? He asked. In 2017. <laughs> he did not remember even within several years when his son Bo died. The young man he often references when talking about his son dying in Iraq. We thought it was bad that he was stating that Bo died in Iraq, which is demonstrably false. But he doesn't even remember when he died. And his memory appeared hazy when describing the Afghanistan debate that was once so important to him. Among other things, he mistakenly said he had a real difference of opinion with General Carl Eikenberry, when, in fact, Eikenberry was an ally who Mr. Biden cited approving uh, in his Thanksgiving memo to President Obama. But no charges. No charges. And part of the reason that Robert Hur is saying is because, look, I, I, I can't put this guy on the stand. He doesn't remember anything. This was in 2017. They ran him for president two and a half years later. What is going on? What is going on? 
This is insane. Elderly man with poor memory. Devastating DOJ report says Biden did not remember when, his, when he was vice president or when his son died. This guy, this, this is what we have to deal with. And again, remember, there are audio recordings, audio recordings of Joe Biden saying to the guy who's writing the memoir with him, hey, I found these classified documents. <laughs> when we come back, there's a reason why I'm stating this. When we come back, I'm going to tell you why that statement and why that videotape is so important. <laughs> because it shows something very wrong with the state of play that we live in. Now, I, I said before that it's important to note that Joe Biden is on tape, according to uh, special counsel Hur's uh, investigation into Joe Biden, Robert Hur. He says that he's on tape saying, hey, look, I, I found the classified documents. I wonder if they were by the Corvette. I'm just saying. But I, I found those classified documents. Again, documents he's not allowed to have. He never was at the time a sitting president. Wasn't a former president. A former vice president had documents. In fact, not just from the Obama administration, but he was also found with documents from when he was a senator. Okay? So he didn't even – took them from a skiff and had those documents everywhere. Virginia to Pennsylvania to the garage. <laughs> they were everywhere. But he is on tape. Telling the guy he's writing a memoir with, hey, found those classified documents. So here's what I would like to ask, ladies and gentlemen. Does anybody remember when CNN feverishly went over a tape they claimed that said Donald Trump was discussing classified documents? These are bad, sick people. That, but, that was your coup, you know, against you. That's, well, it started right at the like beginning. Like when Millie's talking about, oh, you were going to try to do a coup. No, they, they were trying right. to do that before you even were sworn in. That's right. Trying right. to overthrow yeah. your... Remember when CNN was talking about that? We've got them on tape talking about classified documents. Never once uses the word classified, just says... You hear him shuffling paper around. And that was in and of itself because he was shuffling paper around. That was an indicator that he had classified documents. You hear those papers moving? That's classified stuff. Just for the record, folks. I have classified documents too. Can you hear them? Don't they sound classified? Ooh, that one sounds top secret. I'm sorry. I can't help but laugh. I can't. How am I supposed to take any of this stuff seriously? How am I supposed to take a special investigation seriously? How am I supposed to take Robert Hurst seriously? And I love this comment, this comment coming by everybody. He's a Republican. He's a real hardworking, nose-to-the-grindstone, diligent pro So what? I hate that constant using that he's a Republican. Now all of a sudden that means... He's the, you know, <laughs> he, he is beyond reproach. Now, because he's a Republican, he's virtuous. At any other time, the Republicans are criminals. The Republicans are killers. They hate, they want dirty air and dirty water. They want to support a Nazi. They're fascist. But when Robert Hur got this investigation, what was the screaming? He's a Republican. <laughs> 
Hey, what's this? Oh, I found more classified documents. <laughs> Ooh, that one was top secret too. You can hear it from the crinkling. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. Sometimes I get besides myself. Because, again, I can't help but be a little annoyed. <laughs> I can't. I make fun of this stuff because it's so silly. It's stupid. It's stupid. You should all be outraged. And, again, I'm not. this is not a partisan thing. This is left, right, down the middle, independent, Whig. I don't care. You should be outraged. These people are, they've got to be, they're a joke. This is nonsense. This investigation, I love the way people are talking about it like this is affecting. Joe Biden should be concerned about what's in this report. Them saying that he couldn't remember certain details. Biden should be worried? Folks, we should be worried. We should be worried. Does anybody not remember 2016 about how concerned we were about Orange Satan having his hand on the button? Does anybody remember that? Now we got a guy who couldn't remember during the investigation when he was president. Or when he was vice president, sorry. Or when his son died. I laugh because, you know, it's to keep from crying. I'm a little scared, as you should all be, just a little bit, not frightened. I don't think we should be screaming out the window or anything or jumping out of one, but a little bit concerned. This is nonsense and a little scary, just slightly, just slightly. We have an election in November, folks. There is a remedy. And I'd love to hear from you. Ken, trust me, get to that phone. Because I want you to hear somebody. Explain it to me. Explain it to me. 1-800-616-WBEN, star 930-803-0930. I'm Reese on the radio. This is News Radio 930 WBEN, filling in for Bowerly. And we'll be back after this. Roswell, yeah. I only remember that because of, you know, Nevada. It's Reese on the radio filling in for Bowery. Ba- Bowerly. <laughs> Poorly. I'm sorry about that, Bowerly. My apologies. Uh, telephone number 803-0930-800-616-WBEN. And um, star, don't forget, star 0930, uh, star 930. Um, I, I Look, I didn't get a chance to talk about this before, but I heard... It was painstaking uh, about the uh, the football game, I, and I know it was rough. Don't get me wrong; I know it was rough. Nothing is worse than losing to Taylor Swift's boyfriend. I listen. I get it. I get it. Okay, I get it. But I want to let you know, folks. I want to let you know that that I feel for you. Okay, for those of you who do not know, I'm a Jet fan. Okay, and I've been meaning to tell you guys this for a long time. Okay. 
Stop it with the sour faces, okay, about that game. Stop it with the sour faces. You were in the playoffs, okay? But I'm a Jets fan, okay? I want to put this in perspective. You had a shot. You've definitely got a shot. Listen to me. The AFC goes through Allen and Mahomes. That's a, that's a fact, okay? If you want an AFC championship, those are the two men that you've got to go through right now. So you've got a shot, okay? You've got a shot, okay? I had a shot for five minutes last year. Five minutes! I barely got that with Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to see any of your sourpuss faces about what happened in that playoff game, okay? It is not a Buffalo curse. You guys are in it. You guys have always been contenders to some degree. You know, the Jets, wait, are you kidding me? We have the Joe Namath curse. You know, we've got the butt fumble. Remember that? I don't want to hear any of your nonsense. Don't come screaming and hollering and crying to me. I don't want to hear any of that, okay? But with all of that being said, I'd like to note some things here. (laughs) I think it's appropriate that you folks have called your stadium Highmark Stadium, okay, after Highmark Healthcare, because I know a lot of you were sick (laughs) when that kick sailed right. But I have some considerations about the new field, about the new stadium. I was thinking, if you really, really want to go with the, with the name that exemplifies, that really captures being a Buffalo fan, I would call the stadium Wide Right Stadium. I just would. I just would. I'm just, just, just my view. You can call me or write me. It's newsontheradio.com. Send your hate mail. It doesn't matter. I'm a Jet fan. There's nothing you can say more evil. I'm a Jet fan. Okay? So I can give you guys a little bit of a ribbing. All right? We didn't last five minutes. Our whole season was over at the beginning of it. All right? So I don't want to hear any nonsense. You got to go to a big game. Let's go to the phones. Jack is in Lackawanna. Hello, Jack. You're on with Reese on the radio on Bowerly. Hello. What do we, how do we re- address you? Reese, is that it? Yeah, Reese, yes. Okay, are you a syndicated show, or I'm not sure. My okay, so so you can catch my Sunday show on on the Odyssey app, and it is there. You can watch it, you know, listen to it live if you just go to the Odyssey app on Sundays at one p.m. Eastern. Okay, so you're not local in Buffalo, right? I've, I used to live in Buffalo. I'm a I'm a long-standing resident. Still have friends and family in the Buffalo area, so you consider me. I just well, no, not why I called, but I just kind of wanted some because I I listen to the station for music. I listen to Canada because I lived there a while. Oh, okay. You know, that's for music, but I come on this station for certain shows to see what the topic is. But okay, uh, going to the Biden thing now. If he did anything yes, wrong uh, purposely, uh, great, fantastic. Let him be. Uh, investigated uh but it seems to me now donald trump would claim even if biden did something purposely criminal here he has immunity and there's not no basis to it right well that would be the argument if indeed what biden did at the time that he did it he was the president of the united states jack at the time he was a former sitting vice president Having never been president, if he had done that post-presidential Biden, in other words, post-2021, after January 20th, then yes, Joe Biden would have that immunity. But there is no immunity for 
In fact, he has no clearance to have classified documents as a former sitting vice president and a former senator. And he was caught with documents from both of those terms in office. Well, see, I would think that that's kind of a double standard right there to How say, so? you know, Trump's Trump's argument about presidential immunity. I would think that would carry over to the vice president if that's valid, because the vice president is next in line and it's the executive office. Uh, you know, how how would that get just narrowed down to the pro- well, I if could, that if there was- I can remedy that, Jack. Let me tell you how I remedy that. Former President Barack Obama can clearly come out and say now that I authorized post-mortem, right? I, I authorized Joe Biden to have said documents, and that would be the end of it. But he's never come out and said that. But he can't say that about the documents he took from when he was a senator. Because Barack, at the time that those documents, those documents are from decades ago. And, and, and Joe Biden took those documents out from a skiff. So he had no right and no legal precedent to have those documents. Okay, but did Donald Trump have the right to have those documents? And not only did yes. he not cooperate with when they wanted them back, Biden apparently did. But uh, Joe cooperate Biden with apparently who? Uh, cooperate with who? With whoever wanted the documents. National back. Archives. Yeah, whoever. National Archives doesn't have a police force. They're not even a police arm. The, the, and I want you to listen. I want you to consider this. This is a library. Donald Trump is arguing with a library about documents saying that they want them back the reason why the doj got involved in the documents case and we know this because it's documented to be a fact the office of of national archives nara contacted biden's office the white house and said donald trump has these documents we want them back we need your authorization to remove his immunity to have these documents and therefore setting down, that's how we got to where we are, to reject Donald Trump's assertion that he had the constitutional right to take his own records. We have that on on record. That is an actual document that NARA asked the Biden administration to draft to assert Donald Trump does not have the right to have those documents. That's how you get the DOJ involved. You can't get the DOJ involved with a missing library book. Because they don't have any authority to ask the former president for those records back. They don't. I was totally with Trump for a while on the whole thing until I heard his explanation when he was saying, well, yeah, I had golf things in there and shirts and shoes. To me, it's like, come on, you're the president of the United States and you didn't know where your personal clothing was among classified documents. I mean, come on, it's Donald Trump. Do you really, really think that he knew where his personal clothing was? I mean, do you well, think Donald right. Trump actually grabbed the box and carried it into a, a, a moving truck? Do you think he actually did that? Well, right, but he should have had other people do it for him. He is, I'm that's sure that's what happened. I'm yeah. sure that's what happened. But I think that the president taking his own documents, there is a precedent for that. But we know that we don't get to where we are today without the assistance of a sitting president, which in essence six the dogs on a former president through NARA. That's what happened. And again, it's irrefutable because NARA has no right. So so here's where NARA catches itself in the whole bipartisan nonsense. So NARA says after 
Donald Trump is accused of taking these classified documents, right? Donald Trump says this is crazy. Every president has taken personal documents with themselves. Barack Obama's done it. Bill Clinton has done it. NARA then releases a statement and says, that's not true. We have every document from the Biden administration. And what should happen months later? Where we are today, Joe Biden having Barack Obama classified documents. So NARA openly lied and said that they had every document. To cover for whom? If they're not being partisan here, remember, they're supposed to be a nonpartisan actor in all of this. They're just a librarian. They're just a librarian. So they come out and they say, that's not true, Donald Trump. They're fact checkers. That's not true. We have all of Barack Obama's documents. And guess what? Joe Biden's caught with Barack Obama documents. So they lied openly. Okay, I do feel it, Joe. Let, let Joe Biden answer to it. If he did anything wrong, I'm purposely... No one's even bothered to contact NARA and say, hey, NARA, you said you had all of Barack Obama's documents. That turns out to be not true. What okay, are you well, hiding? You, you, okay, you just said Barack Obama hasn't come out to say anything. Well, I don't think he's had time to say anything, actually. It may happen. Well, that's funny. Barack Obama's been out on, on the campaign trail, stumping for Joe Biden for re-election. I'm sure he's got time to answer one simple question like, hey, how did Joe Biden get your classified documents without your knowledge? Has that question been posed to Obama? You know damn well, Jack, that no one's going to bother to ask him. You know they're not going to ask him. When Barack Obama shows up, people... why I'm people's... asking you. I really don't no, know. No, I'm but, saying, uh, okay, when Barack but, uh, Obama shows up, the leftist media gets down on their knees and they bow to him. They love that man. And Reese, the right and the GOP doesn't do that to Trump. But anyway, enough of that one. <laughs> <laughs> I love the double standard, though. I mean, I love, listen, the metric, this is, and I just had a discussion with, with, with somebody in Baltimore, an activist in Baltimore about this as well. Everything is measured by the metric of Donald Trump. So in essence, what we're saying is, is that as long as we associate Donald Trump with the ideal, then everybody else should be allowed to get away with it. And, and again, this, this makes no sense to me, and I've never gotten it. It's like immediately when you start, when you've got them nailed down, when you've got them dead to rights, the first thing they say is, but what about Trump? What about what? About what? Somebody said to me, and, I, and this is true, Jack, and I get in this argument a lot with a lot of people, right? You'll talk about some politician who may have uh, been responsible for a, a murder in some way or some nefarious thing, and the person they'll say was like, well, that happens all the time. And I'm like, so we should permit it now? Are we at that point now that because it happens all the time, it's all permissible? Well, Reese, as my father said, I'm old enough that I remember Watergate. I was a teenager. I came of voting age, and I voted for Carter over uh, Ford. Uh, but, you know, my father appreciated and he respected my opinion. But ever since then, what he loved Nixon. And what he said was, they all do it. He got caught. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll leave it there. That's a great it's, – it, listen, it is true. It's 100% true, and I do appreciate you, Jack. Thank you for the back and forth. Um, what was the last thing that I was talking about? And why am I forgetting it now? Because I just had it here. Oh, I want to talk about this later on um, because we only got a couple of minutes, so I want to set this up. Um, do you ever watch that show, uh, Who Do You Think You Are? It's called something else on PBS. Uh, but I don't get to watch it as often as I should. So I get a lot of clips from that show when the person who is finding out about their uh, heritage 
uh, I get a lot of clips if it's a really, really great story. And I'll never forget the uh, the story. PBS, it's hosted by Skip Gates, um, uh, famously from the Obama administration, uh, you know, where Barack Obama said, uh, I don't know much about what happened, uh, but uh, from what I can tell, the police acted stupidly. <laughs> I don't know much about the case, but from what I heard, the police acted stupidly. Okay, famous lines. Anyway, Skip Gates does this series. Uh, Who do you think you are? It used to be called on NBC, but it's called something else. And forgive me if I forget it. Somebody will let me know. Um, But what I love about it is is that the heritage, some of the people's heritage that they find out on this show, it's fascinating. Like when Don Cheadle, famous actor, Don Cheadle, you know, plays uh, uh, what's uh, in the Iron Man movies. Uh, He's going to be in the Armor Wars series as well on Disney. Uh, Don Cheadle went there and was checking on his uh, legacy and found out that his ancestors were slaves. But the interesting part about their slavery, or at least the the, the slavery that his ancestors went through, they were were held slave by the Choctaw Indians. And that he found fascinating because he didn't even know that that natives actually had slaves. I've always known that since I was a child. But he found that fascinating. He was like, what, natives held slaves? Yeah, they did. Worst off, when Africans were freed after the Emancipation Proclamation, the Choctaws kept their slaves and refused to acknowledge the Emancipation Proclamation. He didn't know that as well. So it was a fascinating story. My favorite one recently was Power to the People's Angela Davis. You remember her from back in the day, the... uh, What's her, um, uh, the the Black Panther Party and, uh, you know, those activists from the 1960s, Angela Davis. That woman has been fighting injustice and racial injustice her entire life. Uh, You know, was running from the cops for a long time. I think she went to Cuba to get away from uh, police apprehending her, and she was on the run for a long time. And she's since become a college professor teaching African-American history. And a woman still an activist for the blackosphere, as I like to call it. She was on that show as well, and she found out that her direct ancestors were one of the 101 people, not a lot, 101 people who came to this country on the Mayflower. Oh, oh, it was it was the most devastating. <laughs> On <laughs> it was the most devastating moment <laughs> in television history to see <laughs> Angela Davis <laughs> lose her mind <laughs> finding out that her great-great-great-great-grandfather was an occupier of this land. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, if it sounds like I'm I'm giddy at this, it's because I am. <laughs> well, another race, <laughs> a race baiter from uh, the TV show The View. Uh, she was on a recent episode of Skip's Gates program. When we come back from the break, I want to play the latest audio from her talking about racism in the country. 
and of course her clip from that now infamous show um, where she finds out her legacy as well. Oh, it always comes full circle, ladies and gentlemen. We'll take a break. It's me. I'm Reese on the radio filling in for Barley. This is News Radio 930 WBEN. This almost makes me want to change my intro music. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's Reese on the radio. Last hour before we get out of here, uh, let me just make sure that I reiterate. Please, if you'd like to check me out more, I'm on weeknights at reesontheradio.com. That's reesontheradio.com. Become a friend. You can like us on Facebook or follow us on Facebook. Uh, You can check out the show on Sundays at 1 p.m. on the Odyssey app as well. Um, uh, I talk about anything and everything from pop culture to politics. I do love politics. Don't get me wrong, folks. I love politics. I've loved politics since I was 10 years old, and I'm 55 this year. Um, so I, I've been in it for a while, and I got in very early. And Ronald Reagan was, uh, who I affectionately refer to as Pop Pop, um, raised me through politics. Uh, so I've always referred to myself as a Reagan conservative since I was, I want to say, since I was maybe about 15. And it's always been my dream to be on radio since I was 15 years old. Uh, And I got my first shot at 30, and I've done this off and on for the last 22 years. So it is a pleasure to be here. You have no idea. I love the conversation. I love the phone calls uh, and the debate, even the disagreeers. Um, That's that's what this is all about, uh, the conversation. I live for it. Uh, and we will take your calls. The number star 930-803-0930 or 800-616-WBEN or 616-9236. The television show, I was trying to think of the name. I did look it up during the break. Finding Your Roots with Skip Gates on PBS. And it always gets a lot of, um, it always gets a lot of burn when the contestant, as I like to call them, finds out about their roots and it's like really amazing. And, of course, this week was no different. As I mentioned earlier, if you may have missed it, Angela Davis, uh, famous Angela Davis, you know, black rights, black revolutionary activist from the Black Panther Party and others, um, for her to find out that her great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather was one of the 101 people, that's select, 101 people who came over on the Mayflower. Oh, and you've got to go and watch it. If you haven't seen it, you have to go and watch it. You have to watch it. Because it's a, to watch her reaction to that, she, she refused to believe it. And have watched Skip Gates go, oh, no, no, I'm afraid it is true. <laughs> and as I mentioned, Don Cheadle finding out that his ancestors were uh, enslaved by the Choctaw Indians. Lost his mind. Couldn't believe it. It's how little many people know about slavery in this country. They should learn. And again, that's not to condemn a group of people. It's a part of our history. And it's not always savory. You know, Skip Gates was in a bit of a scandal, you might remember. Do you remember that whole scandal with uh, North Korea or allegedly North Korea had gotten into everybody's emails and everything from Jeopardy to uh, Sony Pictures had had their emails revealed? Skip Gates was a part of that. Skip Gates from Find Your Roots, Harvard University. He was a part of that. That was where we found out that Skip Gates hid that Ben Affleck, that's right, actor Ben Affleck's family were slave owners. And Skip Gates was caught in that email scandal talking to Ben Affleck's publicist trying to omit that from the series. 
because Ben Affleck had a movie coming out and you know he he thought that it would be damaging to his career. So Skip Gates got a lot of burn for me for that one. I I I did something I torched him quite awful uh, about that scandal. But again, here we are again. So Sonny Houston Houston Houston. I'll explain that later. From the view the constant race baiting Sonny Houston 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 on the view I had this exchange with Allison Farah I think her name is and Allison Farah I did not know this is I guess she is um Arab so I, I don't maybe I've that wrong but I do understand that her background is Middle Eastern didn't know it but now I do uh, was in an exchange with Sonny Houston 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 about whether or not the United States is inherently racist now many of us know that's not true but a bunch of people like Sonny Houston and Houston Houston will tell us that all the time. Here's that exchange real quick in the event that you missed it. And there are yeah, absolutely right. racist yes. people in this country. It is not the vast majority of people in this country. And I feel we like... Don't well, we don't know that. The FBI director said white supremacy is but that the does, biggest but that threat still to our country today. Well, that still doesn't mean that that's the vast majority of people. I just don't believe that in my day-to-day life that the people that you're encountering harbor racist viewpoints. I do think that this division that if we're you creating... you look like me, you would believe differently. But you know what? Uh, now, Alyssa Farah is trying to make a very, very good point. It's like, look, we're not disputing that there isn't racism out there. We all know. I'm a black man. I know it's there. Not that I really care. Don't get me wrong. I don't. It, it doesn't consume my life, nor does it anybody else. Trust me, there are plenty of other problems that people have. Some people are just trying to get food on the table. If you think they're worried about white supremacy or white privilege, they're not. And I know that there are a lot of white people out there who don't think one breath about what black people are or are not achieving in their daily lives. They just don't care. Okay, they're just trying to make sure that their, you know, their kids eat and maybe they go to college or they go to school and they make good stewards of, uh, of their or they become good stewards in this country and in their lives. That's what they care about. They are not consumed by race. But Sonny Houston, Houston, Houston wouldn't have a career if, if it weren't about race baiting. So to hear this exchange where she was like, well, if you were in my skin color, you'd think differently. The world is inherently racist, but if you were in my skin, you'd believe differently. If you think that was bad, trust me, she made it worse. The woman, the woman, so, just to, just to understand, are we saying, do we think the vast majority of Americans are racist? That's I, what I'm trying to, I, I, help I, me I understand. I think that there is a significant portion um, that are racist, and you can't dismiss my lived experience. I, oh, and there it is. There it is. You can't dismiss my lived experience because I'm black. And therefore, you cannot debate me or challenge me. I have dominion on this conversation. And because of my skin color, uh, you can't debate me. You can't even question the validity of my statement. How dare you? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I apologize. It only makes me laugh because it's silly. Right. And what does Alison Farah do? What does she do? She does exactly what most of these people do. They back off. It's kryptonite to them. Listen to Alison Farah real quick. No, I never yeah, would when say I, when I, don't, I, I would never do when that. When I say that. They I would never do that. I would never do that. So now the debate is over. Sonny's won. You can't debate my, you can't debate my lived experience. You can't do that. Do you understand that I'm in, I'm in a power position now? <laughs> 
Well, Sunny Hostin Houston Houston. Oh man, she went on that show. You know, find your roots. And she found out that she'd been telling everybody, by the way, that she's Puerto Rican. She's Afro Latina. Well, you know. She's Afro Latina, all right. Wow. I'm 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 a little bit in shock. I, I just always thought of myself as Puerto Rican, you know, half Puerto Rican. <laughs> I didn't think I was uh my family was originally from Spain and slaveholders. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's got to hurt. <laughs> oh, that's got to hurt. That's got to hurt. Well, I mean, what do you expect? <laughs> that's Isn't that like some people are screaming right now at the radio just going, that's karma. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> that's called justice. <laughs> It's not karma. It's justice. <laughs> so how are you feeling, my friend? Um, I just, um, I think it's actually pretty interesting that um, my husband and I have shared roots. Yeah. So I, I do appreciate that. Um, and I think it's great for our children mm -hmm. to know this information. Um, I guess it's a fact of life that uh, this is how some people made their living on yeah. the backs of others. Mm -hmm. Even your people. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry. Maybe I, I just get too much glee out of this. But again, you, <laughs> this is what you get. This is what you get when you run around screaming and hollering. And oh, trust me, it gets worse. How has this changed you knowing what you're hearing now? You know, I think at first I was deeply disappointed. Um, the I still, slave thing is a bummer. It's a bummer. And I still believe in reparations, like, by oh. the way, so y'all can stop texting me and emailing me and saying that I'm a white girl and that I don't deserve reparations. <laughs> That's, I still believe oh, that. Someone did that to you? Yeah. I don't know. What? <laughs> People have been texting her saying that she owes them reparations. <laughs> they did that to Angela Davis, too. <laughs> That's called justice. justice. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just love it. I just love it. It's oh gosh. This has been this has been the best day. <laughs> WBEN. Just for me personally, I'm having such a blast. And I hope you are too. I want you to get on the phones. Give me a call. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about, because uh, i got to get into the Tucker Carlson interview. It's going to be dropped in about well, a little more than 40 minutes. Uh, let's get to the phones okay, again, because I, I want to hear from you about any and all topics today uh, as I fill in for Bowerly today. And Bowerly, if, if, if you're out there and you are listening, thank you for the opportunity and thank you. Uh, to WBEN for giving me the opportunity to come back here and uh, be a part of Buffalo's uh, news radio. It's It's been a pleasure, and I know we're going to wind down, and I'm not going to be able to say thank you to everybody, so I want to say thank you. And thank you, Tanner, uh, for all of your help as well. Let's go to Darlene in Lewiston. Hello, Darlene. Hello. I have to say I haven't enjoyed a program on BEN for so long until today. Wow. And I've been a I've been a listener for years and years and years. And I'm not going to go back to prior uh, people that were on their own programs. Okay. But things things have changed a lot. Your okay. topics honest to gosh. You should be on 24 hours a day. <laughs> 
Oh, Darlene, come on, Darlene. My wife is going to say, please don't make my head any bigger. Bigger, uh, Darlene, that's very nice of you. You can, Darlene, if you, if, you, if you do the internet thing, you could always check me out at resunradio.com. I'll be doing a show tonight and every weeknight, so it would be love to have you aboard. And anytime I'm here, so I, I really appreciate you. What was the, I mean, if I have to, if I could pick your brain a, a little bit. Well, I have to say, you're talking about things that are going on in the world. Yes, ma'am. Biden. Um, and I'm watching TV, everything you talked about. And they're saying they re- they couldn't convict him because they couldn't present him to the grand jury because right. he couldn't remember anything. He didn't know he was VP when he was interviewed for that memoir in 2017. Right. Now, right. I guess this is a stupid question on my part. He did debate Trump in what year? That was 2020. So how could he... How did he do? I mean, obviously, there are meds that can be administered that increase your faculties. When well, look, he wasn't I don't think. And, and thank you, darling, because that's a great point. Right. I believe. And look, there's video of Joe Biden in 2017. Of course, there's video of him of 2019 where Joe Biden probably had a couple of gaffes here and there where he would say things, but he would catch himself. Like, you know, if he, like anyone else, he's trying to remember names or places or things, and you sort of catch yourself. Your brain is moving faster than your lips. I do it often. Everyone does it often. As you get older, those faculties tend to leave, right? So here you have that with, right, with Joe Biden, who's in, clearly an elder statesman. So that happens. At the time, if you listen to that debate, the question comes out, I remember it vividly, in fact, I'm certain I have the audio, is when he's trying to say to Kristen Welker, who's uh, moderating the debate, about his son collecting money from China. And he couldn't remember his sentence. He was trying so hard to remember the statement that Trump had just made about his son making money in China. Biden tried to repeat the line and couldn't remember China. In seconds. And that was when I first caught it. I went, wow, that's interesting. And I didn't make much of it. I just went, okay, kind of, you know, as my kids like to call it, old timers disease, not Alzheimer's, old timers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I thought right. it was about about of that. But then it got worse. And it was and it was a rapid decline. And, and I don't know, Darlene, I, I don't want to speak for you. Do you know anyone? My father-in-law suffered dementia. Um, and I know plenty of, plenty yes, of people have. Yes, yes. If, if you've experienced yes. in their life, in, in those people in your life, you know that some some go quickly, some go go slowly. And this decline was something we saw, like expedient, in Biden immediately after 2020. Exactly. So, I yeah. mean, this has to be the worst the worst day for the White House. It is, and and you it's know what? Really, them trying to cover up for hearing all this. Yeah, them trying to cover up for it is going to be pretty bad. Darlene, thank you so much for the kind words, and I appreciate it. I can't wait to come back just so I can I can hear you sing oh more my of my gosh. praises. you got to come back every week. <laughs> thank I you. I appreciate you. Doing? Thank you, Darlene. I appreciate you. All right, folks, we'll take a break. We'll be back. More news, more views. We'll talk about Tucker Carlson and your phone call. Star 930-803-0930-800-616-WBEN. WBEN. That is 9236. It's Recenter Radio filling in for Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN.
woman. Put some respect on that woman's name. That woman is a beautiful visage. Oh, my wife gets so mad when I scream about that when I talk about Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, I, don't get mad at me. She didn't beat you in the game. <laughs> Taylor Swift is Taylor Swift, and I don't care who she endorses, okay? I don't care who she endorse, endorses. If you know anything about Taylor Swift and you've listened to her catalog, she's got awful taste in men. <laughs> so she's picking Joe Biden. She's par for the course. What are you talking about? She dated John Mayer. <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, tonight, I'm, wow, in very, very short time, in 20 minutes, uh, the interview that everyone will be watching is Tucker Carlson's interview with uh, pre Russian President Vladimir Putin, uh, myself, as well. I'm sure many of you might be interested in it, and it's something to pay attention to. And let me give you sort of a, a, a breakdown of why this is important uh, to listen to this interview. One, uh, I don't expect Tucker Carlson to do an interview like Barbara Walters. In fact, I don't want a Barbara Walters type doing this interview. Have you seen Barbara Walters do an interview with F Fidel Castro? Yasser Arafat, have you ever seen those? Watch them again if you haven't. If you haven't watched them recently, go watch them again. Um, they're very telling, very telling, and some of them very fawning. And you know which ones. Those of you who are students of history, you know. Tucker Carlson, say what you want about him, and to be honest with you, he nor I really care, but you do want to hear what Vladimir Putin has to say, even if he's lying. Even if he is lying through his teeth, what should that matter? But you should hear him at least explain himself. He's at a war that is supposed to change everything if he wins. Remember, Vladimir Putin is believed to be the new Adolf Hitler, because no offense, that's not important because... Technically, everybody who the left disagrees with is Adolf Hitler. For crying out loud, I'm Adolf Hitler, according to them. Um, but that's who they think he is. But there are some important questions you want to hear answers to, whether or not he's BSing or not. Who blew up Nord Stream? Our news media will have you believe that Vladimir Putin blew it up himself to keep the one means of financing Russia uh, uh, out of play, that he would blow up the pipeline that was giving Germany oil, that he would, in essence, starve himself, ruin his own economy. He hated his people so much that he blew up his own pipeline. I want an answer to that. I know Tucker Carlson is going to ask that right off the rip. Don't you want to hear what he has to say about that? In 2022, I want to say, Vladimir Putin openly said that the reason why he wanted to go after uh, Zelensky and Ukraine was because he was going there to get rid of the Nazis. 
And the New York Times put out an article immediately after Vladimir Putin made that claim and said that Vladimir Putin is lying about eradicating Nazis from the Ukraine. But there was just one problem with that New York Times article. Do you want to know what that was? The New York Times own article in 2014 headline, Ukraine's Nazi problem. Talking about the Azov Battalion. Don't you want to hear what that's about? I'm sure Tucker Carlson's going to ask. You want to know about that, right? Even if he's lying. Why is it that so many people don't want to hear from the, about this interview? Why? They're doing everything to destroy Tucker Carlson and malign the interview, and they haven't even seen it yet. Not even a snippet has been released. And they're saying that it's going to be propaganda, and it's going to be lies, and it's going to be a, 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 Tucker Carlson is a traitor and a treasonous. All of that stuff has been not one snippet released. And I said this yesterday on my podcast. You can go back there and check it out at reesonradio.com. I said it. You want to know why they're upset about this interview? You want to know why they're poo-pooing it before it comes out? It's because they don't have control over it. And therefore control over what you view. Because you're not supposed to see it without their filter. They wish to give you the information. They don't want you to disseminate it on your own. They don't want you to see it on your own. They don't want you thinking on your own. They don't even want you curious. Tucker Carlson is on the internet. He's not on a network. He's not on Fox anymore. He's not on MSNBC. He's not on CNN. He's on none of those networks. He's on the internet. What are they afraid of? What are they nervous about? It isn't Tucker Carlson. It isn't even Vladimir Putin. It's you. You're the biggest fear that they have. They know millions of people that they don't even reach are going to see that interview, and that scares them. Because if Vladimir Putin says something that you might believe or might take a little bit of interest in, they can't spin it well enough to dissuade you. Then the gig is up. It's over. It's about control. That's what it is. When the networks back in the day, ABC, NBC, and CBS, when the, when the cable news game showed up, they didn't have a problem with CNN because CNN was just, you know, promoting the same dribble the three big networks were doing on a nightly basis at 6 p.m. They were doing it 24 hours a day over at CNN. They didn't have a problem with it. It was 1996 that changed it all. Fox News, Roger Ailes. Isn't that guy a conservative? Didn't he work with the Reagan administration? Oh, no! It was a wrap. People can go somewhere else and get different information, alternate information. I'm going to go back one step further. What do you think destroyed Dan Rather's career? For those of you who are, again, students of history, what do you think destroyed Dan Rather? It wasn't a horrible report on CBS of 60 Minutes 2 that aired on a Wednesday. It wasn't that. 
What destroyed Dan Rather was a blogger. A blogger. A silly little blogger that the news networks hated. Hated. For what it did to Dan Rather. One small mistake by Dan Rather. By not checking the font of a document. A font that didn't exist at the time that the letter that he was displaying on national news didn't exist. A blogger, a guy on the internet, a little internet warrior, destroyed Dan Rather. Made him a joke. Alternative media then took a whole drudge report. Remember what that did to mainstream news media? I'll never forget the day when Drudge Report on its top fold of their uh, website had a picture of CBS News and one of the computers had Drudge Report on it. That was huge. That mainstream media was going to the internet to gather news. And it changed everything. A blogger and Drudge Report. They no longer control the narrative. And Tucker Carlson is going to go in there and say, hey, why are we spending all of this money to stop you, Vladimir Putin? What is this about Zelensky? What do you plan to do? Why are you going after Ukraine? And now, Vladimir Putin gets to tell the world. He gets to tell the world unfiltered why he's doing it. And you get to find out. And that scares them to death. Forget about the fact that they're hemorrhaging viewers on a regular basis. Forget the fact that no one trusts them after five years of them lying to you. Russia, the dossier, COVID, the COVID vaccine, the side effects of the COVID vaccine after they lied to you over and over again. No, it doesn't affect your menstrual cycle. Secretly in the night changing the documentation to show that it does. Remember that? The back and forth, the lying, the lying, the lying. Everything that they told us turned out to be a lie. And now they're coming to us every day telling us, no, 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 we're telling you the truth. After they refused to even come forward and say we're wrong, we got it wrong and we apologize. Not one. Not one. Mass work. No, they don't. No one's even come forward and says we were wrong. We're not inflating the COVID death numbers with people who have gunshot wounds. To find out six months later, yes, we were. No apology. The election wasn't stolen. To now reports that, well, there was some sh shenanigans going on with voting in Michigan and in Georgia. Our bad. Not even that. Not even an our bad. And now we're supposed to believe them again? Now, all of a sudden, they... They're telling the truth. Now we know they've never been. And Tucker Carlson is now eating their lunch. I don't know about you, but I'm dying to for the next 10, 15 minutes to watch that whole interview. I can't wait. Because I'd rather be misinformed than not informed at all. And the people over at CNN, MSNBC, and even Fox for some, for some reason, they'd rather you not have any info, only the one that they spoon-feed you themselves. It's just my take. Uh, I'll get to the phones in a second um, because, again, i got to say this before I get out of here. Thank you 
uh, everybody for um, for giving me this beautiful opportunity to be here. I love radio more than uh, I, I could think of anything, with the exception of my wife and my children. <laughs> but I love radio. It's what I wanted to do ever since I was 15 years old. I can't tell you more. I couldn't tell you that enough. Um, uh, Ronald Reagan, again, my hero, Rush Limbaugh, an icon who trained me in this uh, in this medium, and, and I love it to death. So it is uh, my pleasure to be here uh, and to be a part of this with you. Uh, I definitely want to say thank you to Lisa for giving me a call and asking me to, uh, to do this. Uh, my show, if you check out ReeseOnTheRadio.com, that's ReeseOnTheRadio.com. That's spelled like Reese's Pieces with an S. Um, you'll get more of this the same and a whole bunch of fun, plus your comments uh, in the chat room. So I hope that you will uh, join us. But... With that, the most important people to this medium is you, the caller. So let's get to Dan in West Buffalo. Hello, Dan. You're on Maurice on the radio on The Bowerly Show. Hi. I just took you off speaker. Um, I, when we're talking about Tucker going to interview Putin and the whole situation over there, you can, I don't think anybody really has a grasp of how tangled and convoluted this whole thing is. Mm-hmm. And I had, as a matter of fact, when this Ukraine invasion started, I was in the hospital and a young doctor asked me what I thought. And, you know, could I clarify things for him? He was of Ukrainian heritage. The kid. Oh, wow. And and he said, and I, I told him, the only thing I can tell you for sure is that it's convoluted. Um, and and <laughs> I okay. believe... My belief is that it's intended to backsplash on us. Yes. Because we're the target for everybody right now. Indeed. And and we have leaders who are hostile to their own society, and they're pitching in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that. You know, I'm not a con- I'm not a big conspiracy buff, but there are a lot of grubby consp- uh, alliances that get pretty big sometimes oh sure and um well i mean think about this dan not to cut you off because i'm gonna give you an opportunity to finish but i do want to say this to you remember dan and you you you're watching the same news cycle that i've been watching yeah okay every for the last three years every conspiracy theory that they taught told us has now turned out to be true (laughs) <laughs> Even with COVID, I mean, don't no, no, listen. There's never been. Listen, we have been waiting over six. What? How many? How long has it been? Sixty years. We're still trying to figure out who was responsible for the death of John F. Kennedy. But conspiracy theories that have happened in the last ten years, the, everything that we used to believe um, two can, years ago I, has turned out to be absolutely can, true. It's like, oh, that's I a conspiracy theory. Yes, sir. Can I tell? Uh, there are two things about Kennedy because I'm not sure. Yes, sir. Um, I know that Lyndon Johnson is the most underestimated villain of all American presidents, and yes. and you know Wilson, Wilson, a lot, a lot of stuff that people don't know. But but um, Lyndon Johnson, who knows what he was capable of? Mm. Um, forgotten History Online is a long list of people that he might have had something to do with their demise and this kind of stuff. But um, but at the same time. Um, commentary had a wonderful article. The liberals needed mm-hmm. a conspiracy to believe in, and um, so so it, publishing industry it, the publishing industry has had just countless theories 
about the Kennedy assassination, and it might have really just been Oswald. Or it might have been Oswald and incident. I'm inclined to agree with that, Dan, but let me let you go. Let me let you go with this one. The, uh, not right. that Oswald wasn't responsible, but I will tell you this: we did find out in the last year or so that the CIA did get a whopping two hundred and fifty-eight thousand dollars from the mafia, which was a re- was was unaccounted for for some reason. Right, because the they back didn't and want... forth there, remember, was Ex- like from the forties, so. though. Exactly. Um, Thank, thank yeah, you for the call, right. Dan. I do. Have I got to get out of here, but I thank you, Dan, for, right. for the call, folks. Anyway, like I said earlier, folks, it has been a pleasure to be here, and I have a sign-off, so if you don't uh, don't mind, I'd like to do it. Uh, radio is free, so we thank you for paying attention. Remember to keep JC in your hearts and in your mind. Sean Patrick, we love you and we miss you. Remember that panic is not planning, so plan your work and work your plan. Me, I'm Reese on the radio. You have a good night, a pleasant tomorrow. We'll see you back here next time, and hopefully we'll see you on the Reese on the Radio Rundown. Just go to ReeseOnTheRadio.com. It has been my pleasure, and thank you so much for having me and indulging me, and I hope to come back to do this again soon. I am Reese on the Radio, filling in for Bowerly. Hopefully I'll be back soon. It's News Radio 930 WBEN. Holler. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.